And we're back with the Mock Draft Guy podcast. Uh, welcome back. Hope you guys are doing well wherever you're listening at. Hope you're getting lots of mock drafts in in preparation for this upcoming fantasy football season. Uh, what I want to do today is a little different than what we've done in the past. I want to do a standard, just your your PPR snake draft, 12 team. We're going to be drafting out of the four spots today. But something to add a little spice is we are going to take QB early. We're going to take QB early. Now, I know this goes against the grain when it comes to most fantasy football analysts at this point in time, but there are people out there who will go QB early. Now, with that said, I want to, I want to give a little fantasy football mock draft life lesson of the day, and that's going to be this, is that in any type of draft that you do, whether you do zero running back, whether you do QB early, whether it's super flex, no matter what the kind of draft, it is so important that you have clearly defined tiers of players. This means I am very certain of where my tier breaks are. That means I have tier one running backs, then I have tier two running backs. Understanding where your tiers start and stop will save you so much heartache when you accidentally take a Tier 3 running back when there was Tier 2 running backs available on the board. Okay, so let's jump into it. We are out of the four spot. A little early for doing QB early, but I wanted to do that to really pound in the fact that you can do this and still end up with a good team right? You can take a QB early and still end up with a good team. Let this also be a lesson for you to say, just because your first pick doesn't work out the way that you thought it would, does not mean that your draft is ruined. Okay, so let's look at what happened. The first three picks went Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Christian Christian McCaffrey. Pretty standard. So that leaves, if we're going QB early, I have just one quarterback in my tier one quarterbacks this year, and that's Josh Allen. That's Josh Allen. He's the only quarterback I have in my tier one quarterback. Now, as the actual draft days get closer, that may change, but right now I have tier one, which just includes Josh Allen, and then I have a tier two that includes several different guys, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, a few different guys, but I feel like this year there is a clear break between Tier 1 and Tier 2 quarterbacks, being that Josh Allen is a step above and ahead all of these other quarterbacks. So if we're going QB early, if it's me, which I probably would never do this, but if I'm going QB early, if I can't get Josh Allen, I'm not doing it. But in this draft, he's available. We're going to take him in the four spot, Josh Allen, off the board. And everybody else in this mock draft just cheered that I did that, I'm sure. So what happened uh, out of that four spot, a lot of picks, right? That's the one downside in picking so early in a draft is, man, there are so many picks between your first pick and your second. So let's look at what happened. Derrick Henry went right after me, and then we had a little bit of a run on wide receivers. Of course, uh, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase all go in a row. Then we have quite the run on running backs. And then at the top of the second round, 
Travis Kelsey went off the board, the first tight end, the first pick of the second round. I've been seeing him go about there, maybe slightly later, but a good spot for him to go. Uh, next, we had another little bit of a run on wide receivers. You lose Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Debo Samuels. And then the rest of that round is rounded out by running backs. And Aaron Jones goes the pick before him. If you listen to me at all, if you follow us on Twitter, you know my love for Aaron Jones. So I hate that, that he went that pick right before me. But it's okay. It's okay. We can recover. Looking at who's available out here. Man, the running back position is already picked over. The top running back available, most people would probably say, is Leonard Fournette. I want no part of Leonard Fournette as my first running back. Uh, I would much rather punt and take running back later in the draft if that's the case. Uh, the one running back I am considering here is Saquon Barkley. I feel like he's due a bounce back. He's the classic player. Well, you'll see a 10-second clip on Twitter of him juking or him cutting or him making a, a, a sprint or doing something like that, and your mind is blown. You're like, how is this guy not the best running back in the league anymore? And it tricks you into thinking that he's going to be an absolute stud again. I think he has that in him. I think he has that upside. But at this point, I hate to use my second pick on him. I think what I'm going to do here is I am going to go upside. I'm going to go upside, and I'm going to take, let's see, I'm going to take a wide receiver. I'm choosing between either C.D. Lamb out of Dallas or Tyreek Hill out of Miami. Now, Tyreek Hill with this new, it scares me, right, that he's in a new situation, a new environment. You know, he no longer has Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. That scares me. I saw an article yesterday. Somebody was saying he'll probably be the number one fantasy wide receiver. Maybe, but man, that's there's just so many variables with where he's at now. I'm going to go ahead and take CeeDee Lamb in this spot, and I'm going to cross my fingers that Saquon Barkley makes it back to me. And he does. And he does. See, that worked out just about perfect. So what happened is I took CeeDee Lamb, mixed off the board. We had. Uh, David Montgomery, Chicago running back. Then we had Leonard. He goes. Ezekiel Elliott. I had forgotten he was even out there. That's somebody I would have possibly considered. Finally, Tyreek Hill. We have our second tight end off the board in Mark Andrews. And then Mike Evans goes. So at this point, third round, fourth pick, I have to take a running back here because the 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 amount of picks that are about to go off the board between my third pick and my fourth pick are just way too many for me to feel comfortable taking another wide receiver. Now, looking at the board right here, this, this plays out exactly why I would never take a quarterback as early as I did. Because as I look at the available quarterbacks that are still available, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Justin Herbert. You have Kyler Murray. You have Lamar Jackson, right? I'm still the only team with a quarterback, which tells me I could have taken a stud running back, a stud wide receiver in that first round, and I still would have had one of my high tier two quarterbacks I could have thrown on my team. So just something to think about as you go forward. But in this spot, like I said, Saquon Barkley came back around to me. Whew, risky player, super high ceiling, but also a super low floor. But we're going to throw him on the team. Saquon Barkley, welcome to the squad. He's going to be our first running back. So right now, we're sitting 
uh, with Josh Allen as our quarterback. We've got CeeDee Lamb as our wide receiver. Then we have Saquon Barkley as our running back. I feel okay, not great, but okay about Saquon being our running back just because I feel like Josh Allen and CeeDee Lamb have such high floors. Like I cannot imagine a situation where Josh Allen doesn't finish as a top five quarterback, and it's hard for me to imagine a situation where CeeDee Lamb doesn't catch an absolute ton of balls in that Dallas offense. So I feel good about the high floors for those two. My goal would probably be going forward, maybe in these later rounds, I'll try to take some flyers on some running backs that may also have some boom-bust potential to hopefully hit gold to offset Saquon Barkley. Okay, looking at who's available, and this one, man, it plays out perfect because this is what I was, I've was i been thinking about losing sleep over at night. I'm going to go wide receiver here again. And the reason isn't because I don't like the running backs. In fact, uh, you've still got Antonio Gibson out there, J.K. Dobbins, some people with some upside. But I'm going wide receiver, and here's why. D.J. Moore, the number one target out of Carolina, is sitting there on my board. And if you've been living under a rock, uh, I'll fill you in. Baker Mayfield just got traded to the Carolina Panthers. So Sam Darnold will no longer be throwing DJ Moore the ball. Instead, he now has Baker Mayfield. Now, I know on the surface, that may seem like not a big deal. As we all know, Baker Mayfield isn't an absolute fantasy stud or anything like that. But the difference between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold is way bigger than you think. If you just go look at the stats alone, man, it is it is unbelievable the difference between Baker and Sam. So I believe DJ Moore, already a good fantasy wide receiver, now with a reliable quarterback in the backfield, Baker Mayfield, who's not only a decent quarterback, but now has a chip on his shoulder. Dude already had the biggest chip on his shoulder of all time. Now has an even bigger chip on his shoulder. Man, I, I could see a big year upcoming for DJ Moore. So let's add DJ Moore to the squad. That gives us a wide receiver core of CeeDee Lamb and DJ Moore, and it's hard to find a better two starting wide receivers in my mind than that. So we'll go with those two as our two wide receivers. Now, looking next, I probably in this position want to go with a running back. So who I'm looking at right here on the board is Brees Hall, running back, rookie out of Iowa State for the New York Jets. Here's why I like Brees Hall for this spot. So I've got Saquon Barkley, who, like we've already talked about, low floor, but also super high ceiling. I see Brees Hall being that workhorse running back in the NFL. The dude is a legit three down back. You look at him at Iowa State, two-time, 2020, 2021, All-American for Iowa State. He's a big guy, a big guy, so you would expect him to be a bruiser, maybe susceptible to, to injury, but when you watched him play in college, although he had a big frame and carried it well, the dude is a finesse runner, right? So he's not seeking out those big hits. He's smart. He's patient. He hits the hole well. While he's not a burner, he's still out there running a 4-3-9-40 for his size. I see Brees Hall being a long-term running back for the New York Jets. So I'm going to go ahead and lock him in. I know, I know. I, I typically don't like putting rookie running backs in my starting lineups. I would much rather have had him on the bench just to try to figure out, say, hey, 
is this guy going to be what we think he is? But in this situation, I think it makes sense. I don't think he would have lasted to my next pick. And if he had, it was, it's just up in the air. So I went ahead and locked him in. Okay, we are now in the sixth round, sixth round, ninth pick of the sixth round, and I'm looking at who's available. At this point in the sixth round, I am I do start to consider the tight end position. When I look at my tiers, and we talked about tiers starting off this podcast, we have Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson available. To me, those two are the tier break. After those two guys are gone, I almost look at the tight end position as worthless. I mean, I know some of these guys are going to hit. There's going to be breakout stars. I realize that. It happens every year. But just from a drafting perspective, I honestly feel like once those two guys are off the board, as well as all of the you know bona fide studs, but as soon as those are off the board, the rest of the guys are legit just a dart throw. So at this point, I want Dalton Schultz or TJ Hawkinson on my team. I hate to take him here, especially because this is the back of the sixth round. So I know my next pick is coming up faster than it usually is. So I'm going to cross my fingers, take a chance, and hope that either Dalton Schultz or TJ Hawkinson come back around to me in the seventh round. So with that said, we're either looking at wide receiver or running back. Wide receiver or running running back. Looking at the wide receivers, the only wide receivers I'm interested in at this point, Elijah Moore with the Jets. I might have been interested with him, but since we just took Brees Hall from the Jets, uh, Lord knows I don't want a New York Jets heavy team. That just seems like a recipe for disaster. So I'm going to avoid Elijah Moore right here at this spot. The other wide receiver I would look at is Marquise Hollywood Brown out of Arizona, right? Now he has Kyler Murray throwing him the ball, who as much as I love Lamar Jackson, dudes won me a ton of fantasy football games, Kyler Murray is going to be better suited to get Marquise Brown the ball. And here's the reason I'm going to take him right here. Cliff Kingsbury running that Arizona offense out of Texas Tech, coached at Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel. I mean, if you know anything about Texas Tech football when Kingsbury was there, the guy knows how to get little dynamic playmakers the ball in space. And if there was anyone who could be considered a small dynamic playmaker, it's somebody with the nickname Hollywood Brown. So I'm going to – I kind of just talked myself into it. I was really leaning – Running back when we got to the seventh round or to the sixth round, but now that I've talked myself into it, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Marquise Brown. I'm going to trust that cool coach Cliff can turn him into one of those classic Texas Tech wide receivers that he used to throw to back in the day. So we'll lock him in. He goes to our flex position. And now we are going to the seventh round. Let's see if you'll remember we just talked about how I hoped that one of those tight ends would fall to me. And lo and behold, not one of them was taken. It really worked in our favor. A little bit of a run on quarterbacks happened. Dak Prescott, then Aaron Rodgers, then Tom Brady went off the board. A few wide receivers went as well. Gabriel Davis, someone who I'm uh, decently high on out of Buffalo. Robert Woods and Chase Claypool went off the board there, leaving us in a position where we can take either Dalton Schultz or TJ Hawkinson. I'm actually, when I look at my rankings, I have TJ Hawkinson 
slightly above Dalton Schultz. Now, I understand, believe me, I had him on my my biggest team last year. I understand he started hot and absolutely dropped the ball for us going forward after that. So if I'm going off my rankings, though, I'm taking TJ Hawkinson. The only reason I'm taking Dalton Schultz right here is because I want to try something. I want to go Dallas heavy. If you remember, I already have C.D. Lamb. I'm super confident and high on the Dallas Cowboys offense going into this season. I think they're going to chunk the ball everywhere. I think Dak has something to prove. I think Coach McCarthy has something to prove. So I think there's going to be plenty of targets shared around for both C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, especially, you know, we've got Amari Cooper off the team now. Those balls have to go somewhere. Amari Cooper was that reliable, sure-handed presence. I think Dalton Schultz can be that guy. So I'm going to take Dalton Schultz here. And now I have myself reconsidering my draft board. Should I move Dalton Schultz above TJ Hawkinson? Uh, Only time will tell. I'm going to sit down after this draft and do some adjusting. But I've taken Dalton Schultz right there. That fills out our starting lineup. So let's look at it real fast before we move into this eighth-round pick. Right now we have Josh Allen. We have Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall as our running backs. We have CeeDee Lamb and DJ Moore as our wide receivers. Dalton Schultz in the tight end position. And then Hollywood Brown in our flex spot. For using the fourth pick to take a quarterback, this is a pretty salty starting lineup. I, of course, would have loved one of those stud running backs in those starting running back positions. I think our our roster would be ultimately so much better with that. But looking at it, running back, quarterback early, it looks good. Man, this is a testament to how no matter if you bomb that first pick, you can recover if you're smart, keep your cool, and pick smart players going forward. Okay, so I just said, I just went on a little rant about how I believe the Dallas Cowboys offense is going to be a fantasy-friendly offense going forward. I need a running back right now in this pick. And jumped up on the board is Tony Pollard. Now, I understand Tony Pollard's not the starting running back. I understand that Zeke still holds that position. But if you watched any football last season and you watched the difference between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, it was almost undeniable that Tony Pollard had the burst, he had the speed, he had the patience. Man, everything that we're used to seeing out of Ezekiel Elliott, it seemed like Tony Pollard had those traits. So this year, I expect to see more of a split between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I expect to see a few more passes thrown Tony Pollard's way. And remember, we're playing a PPR game right now. So Tony Pollard is a little bit – I'm going to jump a few of my running backs that I would typically take above him, but I like him right here. I'm trying to go upside, especially since I've taken that that first pick Josh Allen, a quarterback, I feel like in order to compete going forward, I have to take a risk and take some of these high upside players. Because if Ezekiel Elliott were to get injured or to go out for any reason, all of a sudden you're looking at a top five running back with Tony Pollard. That's a no-brainer. I mean, he's a top five, probably a top three running back every single week with Tony Pollard if something were to happen with Ezekiel Elliott. So I am happy to put Tony Pollard on my bench a high upside guy. I can take some of the boring running backs going forward that can sit and, and that I know will produce. Uh, for instance, I'm looking here. We just got that quick turn. It's back to us already. 
The two running backs I'm going to look at is either Chase Edmonds, who has now been traded to Miami. So hopefully, you know, now he's no longer splitting those carries uh, with James Conner. And then I'm also looking at Melvin Gordon III. Now, I just mentioned how Tony Pollard's that pick where you're excited, you hope he pops off, you hope he turns into the running back and gets those chances, gets those carries, you know, exciting, high upside, super low floor running back. Melvin Gordon III, on the other hand, is the exact opposite of that. Like, if, if Melvin Gordon were to pop off and have a huge year, that would be absolutely brain-shattering to me, right? Guy's been in the league forever. His best days are behind him. But even with that said, he's reliable. Like, you know he's good for 10 points, 12 points. Like, you know he's that high-floor, low-upside player. So in this position, I'm going to go ahead and take Melvin Gordon. I feel like I've been taking him a lot recently, which is funny because last year uh, on my main team, I had Javante Williams, so I literally cursed the name of Melvin Gordon just about every game as he stole carries from Javante. But we'll take him there. Back to us, 10th round pick. Right now we're just filling out our bench, trying to find some guys um, that can fill out those spots. Looking around, it's pickings are slim at this point. Uh, as they get when you get to this point of the draft. But we've got four more spots on our bench to fill up. So let's see what we have out here. Um, I'm tempted here. If I hadn't just taken Tony Pollard, I would be very tempted to take Alexander Madison, who I believe is the most valuable handcuff. And even though we don't have Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, man, if there is, if, if, the, if Dalvin Cook even stubs his toe, we know he's going to get uh, some ma a massive workload and is going to produce. I'm going to take a wide receiver here, someone who uh, for some reason it feels like we've almost forgotten about, uh, and that's Jacoby Myers out of New England. Dude had an enormous target share last year, got the ball thrown to him. I believe it was a top, top 15, top 12 in target share this last year. High target rate. That If the ball's being thrown, there's a good chance it's headed in Jacoby Myers' direction. Now he is New England's legit number one receiver. He just needs to score touchdowns. That's what it comes down to is we've got to find a way to get Jacoby Myers into the end zone. So we're going to trust in Bill Belichick that this offseason he's figured out a way to get his number one wide receiver the ball in the end zone. So I'm going to go ahead and take Jacoby Myers there. I like that pick. I like it a lot. Jacoby Myers with that pick. All right, comes back around to us. Fourth pick, 11th round. We just had a few wide receivers, a couple running backs, and a tight end go off the board. Um, I am not in the market to take two tight ends, especially when I have Dalton Schultz. I feel good about that. Um, if I was going uh, to take one, Cole Komet out of Chicago, I feel like he has some upside. But like I said, tight ends at this spot, it's a dart throw. All it is is a dart throw. So I'm not willing to throw that dart. I feel like there'll be a stud tight end pop up on the waiver wire. So that will be something that if I do end up needing another tight end, I can address during the season. What I'm going to do here, Alexander Madison's still on the board. I hate to have two handcuffs on my bench for running backs, starting running backs I don't even own. But you know what? Let's, let's go with it. Alexander Madison, the reason I'm going to do that some would say, you know, man, that's that's a wasted pick. 
you know, that's a handcuff that you'll probably never play. Well, the truth is at this point, I'm looking at running backs out there like Sony Michelle, Gus the Bus Edwards, Daryl Williams. I mean, what are the chances one of those dudes ever sneaks into my lineup? Like, sure, maybe, but I'm not confident in any of those guys. I know Alexander Madison, if he does get in to my run to my lineup, he's going to be a stud. So that's why that's how I justify it. <laughs> at least in my mind, that's how I'm justifying it today. All right. Here we are, 12th round, ninth pick. I want to do another running back, and the reason for that is just because, like I said, I've got two handcuffs on my bench. I've got two handcuffs on my bench, so I want to get somebody who I feel has a chance to be a starting running back going forward, and that's going to be Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack traded to the Houston Texas, coming off that Achilles injury, um, tore his Achilles, start of 2020. Here's the thing. Marlon Mack, he signed with the Houston Texans. He could legitimately be their starting running back. He signed a one-year deal, right, coming off that injury. He knows he needs to prove himself. So Marlon Mack could end up being the starting running back that I just took in the 12th round. Think about that, man. That's the kind of value we've got to be looking for in these drafts. Okay, we have one more bench spot to fill in. One more bench spot to fill in. Who do we want to fill it with? Um, I'm going to take a Kansas City wide receiver, Nicole Harmon. Man, he's the kind of guy where every year you expect him to take that step forward. He hasn't done it yet. I'm going to take him as my last pick to fill out my bench just because with the departure of Tyreek Hill, if there's ever a time to step into a more demanding role where he has more targets, this is going to be his year. Like I said, last pick to fill out my, my bench. So even if it's a bust, you drop him after that first week. Anyway, let's look at what we've got. This is what we ended up with. And remember, defense kicker, I stream those basically weekly unless I just absolutely grab the top defense or top kicker in the league. I'm going to be streaming those every week, so I'm not going to waste your time filling those out. But here's what we've got. Here's what we've got. We've got Josh Allen at quarterback. For our running backs, we have Saquon Barkley. Brees Hall in our starting position. On our bench, remember, we grabbed those two handcuffs. We got Tony Pollard out of Dallas. We've got Alexander Madison. We have old reliable Melvin Golden the th Gordon the third, And then we have Marlon Mack. Wide receivers, we've got CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, Jacoby Myers, and Nicole Hardman. I feel really good about that. And then for the tight end position, we have Dalton Schultz <clears throat> of the Dallas Cowboys. So that's our draft today. Remember, we took quarterback early. You know, even with taking quarterback in that four spot, I don't hate my team. I think it's decent. You know, I, I looking at this team, I think there's a lot of upside. You know, there's not as high as a floor as I would like with this team. But, but like I said, Josh Allen is in a tier of his own this year for me. So I would give this draft, let's say a B minus. I'm going to say a B minus even with taking that quarterback in the first round in the fourth spot, we ended up with a lot of players that I would be happy to have on my team. And we all know how fun it is to have that quarterback who absolutely explodes every week, and that's Josh Allen. All right, guys, thanks for hanging around. Remember, shoot us an email at themockdraftguy at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter if you have a certain draft that you would like to see us knock out. Man, thanks for drafting with us, and remember, happy drafting. We'll